Welcome back to another edition of the Right Guys Podcast, where we talk about the border and how Biden has broken it. And now your host, Max McGuire. Welcome back to another edition of the Right Guys Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Uh, no Josh today. Josh is out. Uh, he'll be back next week. So make sure we tune in for that. But today, um, we have a special guest because today's topic, we are talking about human trafficking, specifically human trafficking in the context of the border crisis. We know that there is a massive, massive number of people who are entering the country. Some of them are are bona fide asylum seekers, like they have a legitimate claim. The vast majority of them do not. We know that many of them have nefarious intentions. We know many of them are on criminal and terrorist registries. And we know that there are organizations who are deliberately trafficking them into the country. So we want to talk to our, our guest today, Madison Marquette. She, uh, she is a trafficking survivor and anti-trafficking activist. Welcome to the show, Madison. Thanks, Max. Good to have, I just said good to have me. <laughs> Glad to be here. <laughs> it's good to have you. It's good to have you. Um, because this is, this, is a, this is a topic that a lot of people don't think about. And no. trafficking as a whole is, is something that oftentimes gets swept under the rug. Because yeah. we'll, we'll talk about this in a little bit. But the, the idea of trafficking is, is, human trafficking, is moving or buying or selling people with the intention of using them. So you can use them as slave labor. You can use them as uh, sex slaves, right? There, there's different ways. I don't call it sex slaves though. Well, I say it, they're raping them because sex, yes. the, the term sex means consent. Yeah. Yes. I was just reading the, the State Department's <laughs> definition, but I completely agree with you. Um, <laughs> and then obviously there are offshoots of that when it comes to children trafficking them for a number of different reasons. Um, yeah. And you don't have to be moved across an international border to be trafficked. You can be yeah. trafficked out of your own home if your trafficker has leverage over you and can force, of course, you to do something against your will. Um, yeah. So with the border, there's kind of all these different types happening at the border. But before we get into it, I want to give you a chance to kind of tell your story and, and, and what you're involved with in anti-trafficking efforts. So the uh, floor is yours. Well, thank you. I'm glad you didn't say um, my little one, someone asked him what I do for a living. And he said, I was a trafficker. I said, no, 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 mom, he's not a trafficker. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't know he just heard that term. So I had to explain it. They were like, we didn't think that you were a trafficker, but thank you for explaining it. So, um, no, so I, and I'll tell the short version because I know a lot of people that follow me know my story, but the short version is, is I chose to get into the adult film industry and was did it for my choice for a while and then tried to get out and went to a pastor named Mike Erie. And it was a big mega church in California, Rock Harbor. A lot of people know the church and went for him for help. And I, and people always ask me, how did this transaction work? I do not know. He basically called my trafficker, Derek Hay. And people can look him up. He's been on indicted on trafficking charges. Um, but he called him and he had his drivers come pick me up. And then that started like a whole new nightmare of Derek's like, I own you now. And, you know, I was trafficked for almost a decade. And I was actually supposed to, you know, we talked about human trafficking. They, I had a passport at the time. And, you know, your passport's good for 10 years. They were going to, I was older at this point. So they were going to 
pushed me overseas and I ended up getting arrested because the cops like raided the house. And so I don't even know how the cops knew. I think it was a God thing for sure. Because if I would have went overseas, who knows? I would they would have either groomed oh, yeah. me to become a, a trafficker or groomed me to go get younger girls. There, there would have been, or I would have yeah. been abducted. It would have been that there's very few instances that you probably stay alive going overseas and as you get older. So it's like a God thing for sure. And so after all of that happened, it was kind of crazy because you're just not mentally normal. <laughs> you know, you have to go get a lot of mental health help. And so I tried to find different therapists and different things. And a lot of the therapists would say, oh, well, you have a sex addiction. I'm like, first of all, a sex addiction is when people have to have sex. Most people that choose to do porn or even prostitutes, they don't want to have sex because they do it for a living. So it's like, and it's not, and when you're being trafficked again, it's, it's not sex. You're being raped or you're not choosing it. You don't want to go do that. So I finally found an amazing therapist and she just helped you work through a lot of different trauma and triggers and how to kind of live everyday life, have normal relationships, which you don't know how to do when you're trafficked, especially if you were abused as a kid you have this trauma and you stay in that kind of trauma crazy stance all the time. And so I ended up, I mean, this therapist was in Colorado. She was amazing. She was like my old, like Jewish grandma, you know, she's just, I, I, I can't do Christian. Listen, I believe in God, but I can't do Christian therapist. I just, I hate when people say pray about it because they're, you need to have life skills when you have any kind of intense trauma in your life. So I went through this, therapy and at the time when i got out of being traffic i actually fell into a corporate job being a recruiter and ended up in the tech field being a technical recruiter and and running offices listen one thing about when you're traffic especially as an adult they teach you how to hustle and how to make money <laughs> and you can do that and take those skill sets and put them into some business type sense so I'm just kind of like living my life, right? Normal, like corporate job, have making good money, finally like my life's on track, right? Well, I ended up getting these and, and I don't, it, it was basically kind of like a thumb drive with all of the receipts of everything that happened to me on it. And I called the lawyer and I said, listen, I don't know what this is, but I don't want to open it because I'm afraid to, can I come into your office? There's a covering there, right? And, and listen, I know what I think about lawyers now, this is just, what I did at the time. So I went in and it was literally every single thing that happened to me. I mean, with videos and pictures because traffickers don't ever think they're going to get caught, especially ones that are famous or pastors, or there is some type of covering on them that they just think they're never going to get caught. So they do, they film it because they get off on it and they film the torture and the rape and, and all of that. So I ended up getting a phone call saying, Hey, you got subpoenaed to go to DC. And I said, well, I'm not going, I'm not, why, why would I go there? It's not happening. I'm not going there. No, I just straight out said to her, no. And she's like, no, they, they want you to come and, and testify about the things that are, are going on and, and what you have here. So I ended up going and testifying about everything that happened to me. And then I get another call, maybe a few weeks later, asking me to join a survivor-led task force and they wanted me to train me to lead this task force for anti-trafficking. And I said, no way, <laughs> not happening. Like I am a recruiter, I am a survivor. I just finally got my life kind of on 
normal track here. I had just gone through like a really nasty divorce too. So I'm like, nope, 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 not happening. Just not going to do it. And then the more that I thought about it, the more that I prayed about it. I'm like, you know, listen, if not me, then who, right? Who's going to go help these babies? And I think that God, you know, turns your uh, pain into your ministry sometimes. And so now I go and I do extractions and extract the kids. We take care of them. We house them. The hope is to place them back with their family as long as we confirm their family are not the traffickers or abusers or anything. So we would never want to put the babies back with that, right? So that's just kind of like the short version of my story. And we're talking about the border. And so I've gone to the border a lot. And man, it's a hot mess, you know, what's going on. And the trafficking has risen. And I really want to say the trafficking, the Human trafficking has risen, I want to say, since the, well, I'm going to say the pandemic because I can't call it the PLAN-demic, right? But um, since then, and when people were wearing masks, you know, you put on a ball cap, a mask, and a shirt, and you go into a gas station, a car, anywhere, you change that out very quickly, boom, you're not, you don't know who, you, you don't know where the kid is, you don't know where the person is, you don't, you just don't know who they are at all. It's near impossible to find them. So it rose at like rose at that time, and now here with the borders being open, I mean, and the kids coming in. I mean, families in Mexico and and different places, they're just handing over their children to cartel members, and I don't think they're even doing it on purpose. I think they think, oh, they're going to go over here to have a better life, and so they're handing them off to um, cartel members. And here, you once the, you cross those country lines, not just state lines, but the country lines, you take an American child, give it into Mexico or a Mexican child and give it to America. Now country lines are crossed. It's blurred. Now you're in war with another country because there is a child now missing internationally and, and so on. So that is very the short version of my story. And the next I will let you ask you whatever questions you want, or if anyone else has questions, I'm happy to answer. <laughs> Yeah, we we can take questions um in uh on Rumble or uh on YouTube. Um so anyone can can type any questions they have into the chats. Um it it's it's a remarkable story and the work you're doing is is really great. Um and I'm sure I mean there there's a domestic element of trafficking, right? You and I have talked about this a lot yeah. of of kids who are put the most vulnerable kids, kids who are in uh, protective services or um, they're with the state, um, they're in, in foster care. It is incredibly easy for them to end up being trafficked because um, they are so vulnerable and they don't have anyone really to advocate and protect them. And that's not all foster families. There are a lot of foster families that are great, um, but there, there's a, definitely a rot within any system um, like that. So there's that trafficking. And then you have trafficking of literally moving people across the border you have the kind of combination where kids are getting moved across the border and then they're just being placed into refugee services with uh, uh, HHS um, or any state, yeah. any state version. And then they're being trafficked there. It, it's a complete mess. And a, as you said, you, you got it exactly right. Parents are giving their kids over to the coyotes, to the cartels, to these people who are promising to bring them into the United States because the way the law and the rules are, and the court opinions are if you cross yeah. the border as a kid or cross the border as a family unit, meaning yeah. that you claim to be parent and child, they cannot detain you for longer than 20 days. So right. it's a guaranteed get out of jail free card if you are either a kid or crossing the border with a kid. Um, so you kind of get a situation where 
I think that the parents in South Central America mean well, but with any human trafficking outfit, the minute you hand over the kid and the passport and the identity documents, they've become an indentured servant or even a slave, however you want to describe it. And even if they cross them into the United States, they turn around and say, oh, no, there's an expectation. You have to work before you're free, right? It's one of the most common games that they play. Or, right. the, or the parent will pay to traffic the child, but then the cartel will collect money from an adult to pose as the child's parents. And then they'll tell the child, okay, well, you need to go back and forth four or five times before we'll let you go. Because it's just yeah. a money it's just a money grab at that point. Um, well, think about much, this, go ahead. Well, you think about the once the kids are coming over from the border, yet you're supposed to have child protective services that are supposed to protect at-risk kids or kids that are having, and not even at-risk, because at-risk kids are not reason to take them from their family at all. So you have this organization that is supposed to help when at this point, this last year, the number has risen to 92% of the kids being trafficked in America come from Child Protective Services. It is a, it's not even a government agency, it's a private for-profit corporation. And so then you have this corporation over here, and then you have an open border where kids, there's no one advocating for one, the kids here in America, and then put kids that are foreign children on top of that. That is that is their like bread and butter right there because the child protective services aren't gonna help them. And if they go place them, they know where the traffickers are. And don't get me wrong, I know that there are good foster families out there and people that really do love and protect these kids that were harmed, but that is not as many as you would think. There are a lot more bad than there are good. So you have like a double whammy there of you're not, you can't help these babies, right? How are you gonna help them? And who are you gonna call? The border patrol isn't helping. The police that are at the border aren't helping. Who's gonna protect these kids at the border? Nobody at all. Who, who, who cares about them? Who cares? And then try to find these kids' parents where they were probably threatened and said, if any American takes you, don't give them any information. Don't do this. Don't do that. Right there. The mind control in their brain is like, hey, don't tell this American, even if this American speaks Spanish, don't tell them anything. And so you're now taking on more children. If you do have someone that wants to help trying to take care of them and rescue them from trafficking, but it's near impossible. I mean, it's we're in like a, a very difficult situation. I don't think America even realizes the the craziness of what's happening right now, especially with human trafficking and these kids, because you have an entity that's supposed to help and they don't. And then you have these border patrol agents and police officers are like, oh, okay, here, let's just let you in. And we're not going to really make sure that this kid is okay or safe or protected. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's... uh. Trump did a lot of good work with this, where he was rolling out pilot programs. Um, I yes. talked about this in my book, but rolling out different pilot programs to DNA tests. So if, if someone shows up across the border with someone they claim to be their son or yeah. daughter, uh, you run a DNA test on them. And what the DNA tests were finding was between 20 and 30% of the people who claimed to be a family relationship weren't biologically yeah. related. Now it's possible. It's a very slim chance that they are adopted or that when they say it's yeah. my it's my uncle it's like my uncle right um, yeah but that would be a minority of these cases the vast majority of them were faking that relationship and they were also starting to roll out tests on the family members who come 
to pick up the kids. So if you cross the border as what's called a UAC, an unaccompanied child, under the Flores settlement, the Border Patrol and DHS cannot detain you for longer than 20 days. Right. After that, they have to release you to a family member who comes forward to help you. Well, if you're being trafficked into the country, chances are the family member who comes to get you might not be a family member. Might or just a CPS be, agent that yeah. pretends to be a family member. Oh, I, I do foster care here. And so now I'm going to take this child and this is my child. It's probably some white family taking the Mexican child and you're like this is not not yeah. say that you can't have mixed families but in this instance it's, it's probably not likely there there yeah. there have been anecdotal stories of the kids being picked up by the cartel traffickers and yeah. brought back to Mexico and they just keep doing it over and over again to, yeah. to get these to get these paying clients across as quote unquote family units um but of course as all good things that Trump was was rolling out Joe Biden withdrew that program and stopped DHS Border Patrol from collecting DNA from the family units and from the citizen sponsors who claimed to be family members um, to try and uncover whether or not they really were family members. Um, I, I outline in my book, and there's a link in the description, Conservative's Guide to Winning Every Immigration Argument. There was one case I found which was remarkable. There was a house, I believe it was in New Jersey, and in a couple month period, they had placed like 30 different family units, kids into this house. And by the time they figured out that it wasn't a real like sponsor, everyone's gone. Everyone's disappeared. And you're like, oh, my goodness. So what did you just enable by releasing these kids just to anyone? What did you just enable? And it's, it's terrifying. Well, the Biden regime you know, our task force goes and when we go, we'll go with U.S. Marshals or military. We're not just showing up on our own, right? We're we're going with people that have the authority and we're deputized to go in. Well, these Border Patrol agents have been told by the regime that if we come, that they go to war with us. I mean, we've had guns put on our faces and telling us, no, you can't go in. And we're like, listen, we're ready to start shooting right here, but you're not who we want to fight. So are you willing to lose your life today? Because we are willing to lose our life to go get these kids. So you better make sure you're going to point a gun at us. You better be prepared to shoot. But they're like, well, these are the orders that are told to us to, for us to stand down. And we're like, those are, listen, when a government is tyrannical and telling you to do illegal things, then it's time for the people to stand up and say enough. I'm not saying go to, to do a civil war or anything like that. But if you see kids that are being harmed and trafficked and just like this, where they're going in 30, I mean, 30 kids to be missing like that and just go, it's because they go to different states. They start trafficking them. And you know how bad it is right now? I'm going to tell you. When the gun and drug cartel start reaching out to teams like me to give us tips on trafficking, you know it's bad. Because they are like, listen, even though their drugs and guns kill and hurt kids, in their head is that we don't harm women and children. So yeah. your trafficking is so bad that we're going to go ahead and give you tips so you come after these people because it is really bad right now. That's crazy. For other cartel members to be telling on cartel members, you know it's, it's bad at this point you know what i mean yeah so and i i wonder i mean there's a problem with how i think the average border patrol agent means well i think that there is a serious rot in the leadership structure 
especially yeah. in the orders that they give on what they can and cannot do. A lot of really good border patrol agents have retired in the last couple of years because they want officers. nothing to do with it. And police officers, they want nothing to do with this. And so I, I don't know if the new people coming in are as honest and, and, and pure and, and meaning well as, as the veterans, but we give border patrol a tremendous amount of power. They can basically inspect any vehicle within a hundred yeah. miles of the border by claiming that they are enforcing immigration law, right? Yeah. But what we've seen is that they're using that power not to enforce immigration law, but to facilitate more movement of illegal aliens, the migrants. I mean, what just happened in, um, in Texas at that park, the Biden administration sued Greg Abbott saying, you have to let us in. We have to, the law says we can access this to enforce the law. And Abbott's yeah. argument is like, what are you talking about? You're not enforcing the law. Enforcing the law would be telling them to turn around. You're bringing them in, putting them on a bus, taking them to a bus station and send them around the country. That's not enforcing the law. So they're yeah. using this power that's supposed to be for law enforcement to facilitate illegal movement, trafficking throughout the country. It's insanity. Well, they're setting up the trafficking and they're thinking about this. They're, they're busting them into all these different states, right? Well, what happens if people like Biden who want to stay in power and S-T-O-L-E an election, right? And want to stay in power. What's the best way to have a communist takeover? Well, you let other people from other countries from Mexico or wherever, and they come in to our border and you go into different countries. Well, now you give them guns here. Now they go to war with the American people. Now you're at war with the people that really you shouldn't be at war with. We don't want to be at war with these people. We want them to go back to their country and stay there. We don't want to be at war with them. We're already at war with the people that are I th well, basically, the tyrannical government right now is, is who we're at war with. And so imagine that is the whole reason they're busing them into these other countries. You know, and Abbott, here's the thing. Abbott did that in the beginning. He started busing them to different states and whatever. Abbott should have, well, right. Abbott should have said no. When you see the videos and different people that are lining up, half of them aren't even Mexican. They're Chinese. They are literally letting China come in and it's like, listen, this is where we need to, America needs to really stand up. And it's like, we do have a, I'll let you show it. We do look at all of these people are Chinese and they're Chinese men. There are very few women. They're, they're literally all clean, which means they didn't trek through anything. Like, listen, anyone that's trekking through any kind of um, thing from Mexico, this is not how they look at all. They are clean. They're lined up. They're like, here's, let me look at your passport so you can come in. And they're going to put them on a bus and they're going to go put them in different stuff. And then they're going to give these Chinese people. And there are some Hispanic, but not a lot. There's some Muslim. I mean, come on. And I'm not saying all Muslim people are bad. But listen, people, people come here the right way. And I'm okay with that because the country, you should come here the right way. But this right here, what you just saw, guys, it's dangerous to the American people. And I don't even think yeah. people realize how dangerous it really is. Give them a gun and we have a gun. Who are we fighting with? Them yep. and not the government when we have a right to stand up to a tyrannical government. They look so. really clean and clean clothes, right? Because yeah. there are organizations along this migration path, invasion path, that yeah. are giving them hot showers, that are giving them yep. free clothes, free backpacks. Um, so Phones, money, plane tickets. These, these Chinese migrants 
uh, illegal aliens, unless you can, unless they can convince a country like Mexico to give them a visa, almost all of them are coming through Ecuador. Yeah. And that's the little country right here. Oh, yeah. right here. And that is because Ecuador allows Chinese nationals to travel there without needing yeah. a visa. Any of these dark green countries, a Chinese citizen can travel without a visa. The other light green ones, they have like expedited visas, e-visas, things like that. So a Chinese migrant can fly to Ecuador without a visa at all and say, yeah. hey, you know what? I'm just here to visit. And as long as they don't stay in Ecuador for 90 days, Ecuador doesn't care. Right. So then they trek along up up the, the Pan-American Highway and yeah. they reach a place called the Darien Gap. And the Darien Gap is a jungle. It's a jungle in Panama, Panama and, and Colombia, where it was just too dense to, to complete the Pan-American Highway. This is a highway that goes all the way from Alaska to the southern tip of Chile. Um, if you've ever seen the uh, Che Guevara movie, Diarios de Motocicleta, um, yeah. his, his kind of like autobiographical movie, he was on that road traveling up through uh, South, South, South and Central America. Every so time they, I do that road, you don't look like these people. You're you're cut up. You this is a rough road to travel. Let me tell but you. But then, as soon as they get over here, there's buses, and there's yeah. shelters, and they're giving them new clothes, and they're giving them soap and showers. Um, so the Chinese, by and large, are coming in through Ecuador unless yeah. they can get a visa, um, because Ecuador they just hop on a flight, and as long as China will let them out, which is a whole other bit, China has to let them out. Um, yeah. and that's the other side of this, right? That's something that Trump said from the very beginning that people kind of twisted his words when he said, when he wrote, went down that escalator and he gave that big speech in 2015 saying that these countries are not sending their best. They're sending criminals. They're sending drug, drug dealers. Right. Um, and some, I assume are good people. There's been a lot of evidence of countries literally emptying their jails and sending them to the United States all back yeah. through our history. There's examples of this that I outline in my book of like after we won independence from Great Britain, Great Britain still kept putting their convicts in America. And it was only after we turned them away that they turned to Australia as a penal colony because <laughs> right. they were just sending everyone here. Right? right. So when you see Chinese men leaving China, um, you have to with the Chinese uh, social credit system, you have to be either an upstanding citizen to leave China or China really needs, wants to get rid of you. And you don't, um, and China's not going to get rid of their upstanding citizens. They're just not going to. They're yeah. going to send over, you know, here's the thing. China would love to take over America. I mean, come on. What country doesn't? I mean, we're, the way that America was built, what our forefathers fought for on the standing of a republic of America, not the corporation that's running everything, but the republic of America is the greatest nation in the world. And so, and the big greatest country really. And so it's like, they're going to do whatever they can to take this over. Have we not learned anything in our history books whatsoever of them trying to come like come over and start a war? There are ways of us to take our country back. You know, people, what people don't realize too is what's going on in the border and everything else and Biden. Trump set up an executive order to file AO91 criminal complaints and you send it to the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division. You don't have to go to war and you say to them, listen, this is corruption. And then you send it to JAG also. And you say to JAG, SOS, because we are a country in distress and the military needs to step in and take these people that are invaders and push them back 
into the countries that they came from and stand up. You know, people just don't want to study those type of things, right? And Trump set that up. You listen, when the First Amendment fails, the Second Amendment, Second Amendment comes into play. But the First Amendment is still here. And so we don't have to go to war. We can demand the people that work for us and our public servants to go and take these people out and put them back into the countries and say, listen, they're trafficking our children. They're trafficking children from all parts of different countries here into America. And it is now this this is an epidemic of such major proportion that people don't even realize that the true epidemic right now is human trafficking. And then it's second is these illegal immigrants that are coming in and taking over our country. Yeah, no, it's not. I'm just, <laughs> there's, it, it's just that there's so much here and yeah, you, you, you mentioned like invasions and, and this is quite literally an invasion. Now, People, oh, yeah. the left loves to twist language and, and say, like, oh, it's not an invasion. Um, it is. If you look at the definition from the time of the founding, I'll see if I can find it. Um, uh, it doesn't mean you have to be a country invading another country. You are just, you are just a, a hostile entrance upon the rights or possessions of another. A hostile encroachment. Um, here's the actual definition right here this is from johnson's 1785 english dictionary because like when you look at the constitution the words mean what they meant at the time liberals yeah. like to say oh it's a living and breathing document no that's just them trying to change the definitions on you I so an invasion mind. is the hostile entrance upon the rights or possessions of another hostile encroachment um so yeah. you don't have to be a country you could be um a mexican drug cartel right you could just be a group of foreigners with ill intent um right. hostily entering the country to uh infringe upon the rights or possessions of others so when you look at like history of what texas went through why texas joined the united states like when you we don't want to get in, like the civil war and secession but while secession was largely over slavery one of the other reasons that Texas gave for wanting to secede is that the government wasn't protecting them from Native Americans, uh, right. Native American war chiefs coming onto Texas's land and killing people, or the Mexican yeah. bandits coming across the border right. and raiding and pillaging towns and, and cities. So Texas joined with an expectation that they would be protected from this. And right. in the Constitution, there's a failsafe. While the Constitution says that the government is supposed to handle um issues like this issues like immigration um there is article 1 section 10 clause 3 it says sure no state shall without the consent of congress lay any duty tonnage keep troops or ships of war in time of peace entering into any agreement or compact with another state or the foreign power or engage in war unless actually invaded or in such imminent danger as will not admit of delay this is the site this is the clause that greg abbott cited when he said no i'm allowed to take over this park and and stop this because yeah. we actually are in an imminent danger and this does qualify as an invasion it's it's hard to look at that video that we showed it's hard to look at this video and not think that this is an invasion these aren't people who live in mexico the way it always used to be just running across these are literally the world's people anyone yeah. can get into the united states 
and be caught and released if they just claim I'm in fear for my life if you send me home. It is the worst loophole. And what we're seeing here is, is the secret's out. It's no longer a secret that Central America is taking advantage of or South America. The entire world is now taking advantage of it. Wait, don't take that down. I want to point something out here. Look at this guy right here, it, the bald guy with the mask on. Mm-hmm. Listen, he's all in black and has a blue mask on. Okay. You take that blue mask off and put a black mask on, change his clothes, blue, put blue jeans, a blue shirt, and a ball cap. Totally different guy. You don't know who he is. You don't know anything about him. You don't see his face. They're coming in. Listen, there should be pictures of every single one of them and some type of way to identify them. And none of that is happening. See, that's that's where people need to realize like the, the dangers of what's happening here. And this is hard to look at because this is a bunch of Chinese men that are coming in to our country. And, and here's the other thing, too. This is going to sound really maybe um, kind of stupid, but it's really not when you think about it. Does Texas not realize that they took part of Mexico from yeah. Mexico and that they have a beef to pick with Texas? And so to allow immigrants to come in Mexico, you don't think Mexico would team up, team up with the Chinese to get that part of Mexico back? I mean, did anyone not watch the Alamo? I'm just saying it's like it, that is such a like a minor, like a minor part of it. But it's such it's a huge part, too. Like the other beef. side is the other side is money right yeah. china is going around the globe and is doing what the u.s used to do after the cold war basically giving countries money to gain their allegiance yeah. they're calling it the the new the new silk road right and yeah. um so when china goes into a lot of these south american countries like ecuador one of the reasons that ecuador allows chinese citizens to fly there without a visa is because of how much money china has invested in ecuador yeah. It is easier for a Chinese citizen to get into Ecuador than it is for an American citizen. Right. Which is, it's, it's, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. So whether or not there is like this, like, oh, we're going to get Texas back. There's definitely an incentive to work with the Chinese. And when yeah. these people enter Mexico, right, there's an incentive from Mexico to get them out of Mexico as fast as possible. So yeah. as soon as they come into Mexico, they don't want a secure U.S. border. Because that means that they have to suddenly take care of these people. Yeah, They literally just want to push them north as fast as possible and literally facilitate them crossing the border so they don't have to take care of them. Well, that's, that's exactly it. That's where them pushing it forward and then putting these immigrants in hotels and different things. You know, it's so funny because I was thinking about, you know, the Trump trial, right, and what has happened. And it's like, man, why do they not want him to do business in New York? It's because the invasion is crazy and they bust them all to New York. So now they need his hotel to put the immigrants in. So they're like, oh, you can't do business. And, you know, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's crazy yeah. to think, but the, the left is so crazy. They would do something like that. Hey, you can't do business here in New York anymore. We're going to take over your property and then we're going to go put these illegal immigrants in. That's when- a huge part of it. $364 million can take care of a lot of illegal immigrants. Oh, absolutely. But here's the thing. What about our home? Like, I don't understand why America isn't more pissed off. I, I really don't because we have a homeless problem. We have single moms and single dads that are struggling. We have so many people that are struggling right now that need help. And instead of helping those people that are ending up on the streets, we're helping these immigrants and we're not even helping our people. It's like, I wish America would be more pissed off and start 
pushing their senators in Congress to do what they're supposed to do. And if they are not going to do their job, then that's when America rises up. I don't think we're there yet, but, you know, something is about we're getting closer. We're getting closer. And my friend says to me, my friend Doug, who I do shows with, he mm -hmm. says, listen, we don't have a right to a war or a civil war, but we do have a right to a righteous revolution. And I, I agree. If we are going to end up going to war, it's going to come to our doorsteps sooner or later. And we are on the brink of people snapping. It, you can see it all over the place and people's faces, groceries and gas and everything else. Now these illegal immigrants, they're rising taxes. I mean, the something's about to snap it just feels like it that something's about to, to happen and it's going to go one way or the other the american people are going to have to at some point maybe defend i'm not saying go to war and do you know crazy stuff but i'm saying if the time comes you might have to defend what is rightfully yours against the invasion that is here right now i think americans are starting to get more pissed off and i i think yeah. a lot of it is due to Greg Abbott and to a lesser extent Ron DeSantis flying these illegal aliens to blue Democrat run cities for yeah. the longest time for 40, 50 years. It's been a, it's been considered a Texas problem. Texas has sued to say, oh, Texas at first back in the 80s, Texas didn't want to have to pay to educate illegal aliens in public school system. Um, so they took it all the way to Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said no. Illegal aliens have a right to a public education. So Texas has had to spend billions and billions and billions of dollars educating people who have no legal right to be here. And as long as it was a Texas problem, the rest of the country said, oh, no, it's, it doesn't matter. Don't experience it. The minute you send these people to New York and to Philadelphia and to Chicago and to Boston, it's been remarkable at just how few people need to go there to break the system. Like Texas is is taking in hundreds of thousands of people a month. And the narrative is just, oh, Texas can handle it. Big state. They got it. But you send 10,000 people to New York City and it and and social systems break down like Denver. <laughs> Denver is cutting their DMV hours and their DMV staff to pay for illegal aliens. And only right. a couple a few thousand have been sent there. So right. uh, Lynn in the comment section on Rumble said that she didn't agree with Abbott putting the immigrants on buses. I understand Me that. Either. I understand how, <laughs> how it, it might not be the best thing, but it definitely has, has opened people's eyes because you've taken a problem that's traditionally been a Texas problem and you quite literally put it in their backyard. But see, I don't know why Abbott, if he's going to go sue Biden, right, and do all of this, how about instead of spending billions of dollars in a lawsuit in a corrupt court, spend that billions of dollars protecting the border and pushing those people back in saying, listen, you cannot come here. You want to come here, come the right way. There's ways to do that here in this country, but pushing them back into their yeah. country. You know, Abbott, I agree. I mean, Abbott isn't innocent here. Putting them on, listen, how many of the tax dollars paid for those plane tickets and those bus tickets? Again, yeah. giving them showers and everything else. And I, there, I think I sent you a video maybe a while back, Matt, where they were giving them phones and different mm -hmm. stuff. Like, listen, and that was coming out of Texas. So Abbott, listen, Abbott's got to pick a side. He's 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 kind of faltered, gone, you know, back and forth. And I think now maybe he's realizing that there's an issue here, right? And that he's got to do something about it. But he's got to pick a side here and 
I think it's pushing these people back. And guess what? If these Chinese want to go to Ecuador, guess what, Ecuador? This is your problem. You let them come there. Yeah. They're not coming here to America. You can deal with it. Guess what? Ecuador and some of these countries, they are not going to be as nice as America. They're going to just start shooting the people. That's what they're going to do. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think it's I don't, a start. I don't, think, I don't think Abbott's perfect in this. And no. I, I think there's a lot of blame. In terms of dollars and cents, yeah, it's cost like $138 million to put yeah. illegal aliens on planes and buses and send them to, to New York and Chicago. But the projections on how much it would cost Texas if they stayed in Texas was 10 times that. Like if, if they all went well, to Texas hospitals. Well, so he, so he is like an Eagle Pass where they, they were, Texas was able to seize that park because it's a city owned park. Right. What happened after Texas seized that park and put all that barbed wire? Border Patrol went a couple miles downriver where they have an agreement with a private ranch owner and he opened the floodgates in the wall. The great so, that ranch owner can take them on yeah. private ranch. <laughs> so so te what te Texas could, I guess, conceivably, like use like an eminent domain kind of thing, but that takes time. It, it's not nearly as fast as going to the city of Eagle Pass and saying, no, nope, not the Czar Park now. Um, yeah. So unless unless Texas was to take all of the borderland, um, they don't have the same powers to just walk right. in and, and law enforcement capability. But where they are, where they do have those powers, they absolutely have to use them. The problem is people aren't really crossing at that park anymore. Every now and then a couple people come across. But why would you tr crawl through the barbed wire and have to deal with Texas when you can walk a mile and there's a gate that's wide open and buses right. sitting there? And, and they're just right. going to take you. So it's it, it's kind of like a boat with a lot of holes in it. You, you, you stick your finger in one of the hole. Yeah, you stop that hole from leaking, but you spring a leak somewhere else. And unless you fix right. the problem, um, it's just going to keep coming. So that's where I think I, the Texans are going to stand up. It's a well-regulated militia. I mean, really, if, if the government doesn't do something about it, the Constitution does state that the people can stand up and do something. And listen, Texans are, are you know, yeah, <laughs> and and that's one bad. of the reasons that te Texans have been so angry about this. Like, yeah, when you when you look at the data, like the like when when like leftist organizations say, oh well, the average illegal alien is law abiding. Well, they're looking at like data from Massachusetts or New York yeah. or New Jersey. Well, all of the illegal aliens who are criminals have already gotten caught doing something illegal in Texas. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like the rate in Texas is much higher. Much, right. much higher. So when right. Texas has to bear the brunt of that, obviously people are outraged. When you put them on buses and you send them to other cities, you are exporting those problems. You're doing what other yeah. countries are doing here, right? Yeah. Uh, of emptying the jails and send them out. So I don't know if Texans are going to be as angry because we're quite literally exporting the things that make us angry. I mean, there, there's a lot to be angry about, right? But <laughs> yeah. But if petty crime is going down because we're taking the petty criminals and we're sending them out, there's not going to be as, as big of a, an outcry over it. And that's kind of the balancing act, right? Do you want yeah. to rile up Texans or would you rather rile up everyone else? <laughs> Texans are going to rile up no matter what, yeah. right? Um, so, well, Texas yeah, is also I, I, a constitutional I, carry state because Abbott yeah. put that out there. So it's a little bit different here as Abbott set it up. Or if there's an invasion, he did set it up. He set up, I mean, America's the biggest militia in the world, the well-regulated militia, biggest, we're the most armed resistance in the world. 
Did you see you know? that uh, that liberal states are now making it illegal to uh, do militia training? I did. Yes, the I've been following what's happening in Colorado and freaking Polis for obviously for some time. And it's funny. It's These are the people that say like the Second Amendment only applies if you're in a militia. And then what do they do? They say, you know, you're not allowed to be in a militia. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly it. But see, that's the thing. They, there is a thing there that this government does fear we the people. Because if they didn't, they wouldn't be trying to pass these tyrannical laws that no one's going to go for. Because our constitution and our forefathers fought for it, you know. And so that's, you know, we are a nation that it's the Bible and the constitution are the two things that we are supposed to live by. And God is our creator. And if we are doing what we are supposed to be doing, then things will fall into place. But, you know, it, that's right. These laws that they're placed, like starting to put, I mean, people are getting pissed. I think a lot of these things that they say are blue states, like even Colorado, no way is Colorado a blue state. There's no way. When Trump, they, when those Trump parades were going around, I mean, literally, you couldn't get off of I-25 without seeing a huge, like, yeah. you know what I mean? There's no way. So I, it's I really purple. think that it's, it's purple. <laughs> I mean, the, for every for every one person who has a truck, there's five liberals in the city who don't own a car. You know what I mean? That that's that's the hard well, part. Denver, about it. Denver to the count. Yeah. Denver's like yeah. <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> of people in Denver, Boulder. Weirdo. Um, yeah, I think that if any state, if any state is going to crumble and, and give up the sanctuary state status, right? Because for the last years, it's largely been virtue signaling. Like, look how virtuous we are. We're a sanctuary. We're not going to deport you. Anyone can come here and we'll protect you. What you see is you send them a thousand people. They start sweating. They start like actually things fall apart. If there's, right. I think that New York and Chicago are going to hold the line as much as they can. If there's any state that's going to give up the sanctuary status, it'll be Colorado because it is purple and the virtue signaling will only go so far um, right. when you don't have like a 60% Democrat majority. Like you well, think about all of the homeless that are in Denver. Once that starts going into these conservative towns like Douglas County and Littleton yeah. and Centennial and all of these different conservative towns counties that surround that and like Highland Ranch, they are going to start getting, there's going to be an uprising because that homeless population is now going into these suburban areas because they are housing these illegal immigrants. And so that's where the uprising and Polis is going to have to do something because people already don't like Polis. I mean, he's a joke, really, you know, watch the Rocky Mountain Heist. (laughs) Denver had a big plan last year. They're going to throw a bunch of money at fixing the homeless problem. And like, we're going to get our homeless, our homeless veterans off the street into shelters. The border crisis gets worse. And they took that money that was supposed to go to American homeless and they started earmarking it and spending it on illegal aliens. But at the end of the year, they still claim victory. Like, oh, we got this many homeless people off the streets into shelters when the shelters are just full of these, what they call the migrants. Um, and it's really disgusting. You see what's happening in New York now, still they're going to give $10,000 gift cards to illegal aliens. Um, no questions asked in, in, um, in Chicago, they're giving, I believe it's up to $1,500 a month for six months, uh, of housing vouchers. So an illegal (laughs) alien can get 
an apartment up to $1,500 a month. Now that can't get you a lot in downtown Chicago, but you go into the hood, you go into South side Chicago, they're able right. to now buy a rent apartments that the right. average person living there has no chance of affording. Right. Well, that's crazy <laughs> to think about the people that are, have tried to get assistance, right? It goes back yeah. to these single moms and single dads that are on income and they have multiple children and they're taking care of it. And then they're on the waiting list for assistance for years. They go to food banks and all the food, like the good food is gone. So they're feeding expired food and different stuff. Like this is not how our forefathers set it up for us. America no. should not be a starving nation and we shouldn't have a homeless problem. It is a silver and gold back country and people need to realize that. It's these, again, What's going on right now, I, I think once America truly says enough and gets pissed off, I think it will change. And I think that there are ways to go after them without going to war with guns. I mean, and listen, not saying I wouldn't pick one up if we went to war because I'm going to protect my family, but I'm not going to go start a war. Either. You know yeah. what I mean? So you got to leverage the African-American community because the angriest people over this in Chicago. Yeah, are African Americans who have for years said, "Help us! Help us with affordable housing! Help us get yeah. uh, with job training! Help us with access to food!" And for years, they've gotten the answer of, "We don't have the money." Well, all of a sudden, a bunch of nobodies who no one has any idea who they are get off a bus right. or get off a plane, and the city's there rolling out the red carpet, giving them thousands of dollars of no strings attached cash. Um, yeah the worst example of this and and this is where i think you really could rile people up and and turn like there was a african-american gentleman in chicago at the city council meeting crying out for trump to come save them now they have they, there's no republican solution there these are this is a city where all of the people who ran for mayor were democrats right or former democrats not a single republican so they don't even know what republican to call out for they just call out for trump that's the only name they know Right? Because they don't was... trust thought for that community. That's yeah. why. And think about th those that community too. You're in Chicago. Guess what? CPS is rampant there. So yeah. you want help. And then guess what? If here's where human trafficking comes into play. They're giving all these immigrants everything. And then the single mom or the single dad that can't afford to live. So now they're in their car or they're going from a motel that maybe be $20, $30. And motel to motel. Now they're stealing that child because they can and they don't have the knowledge or the legal knowledge, the legalese knowledge to say, hey, you can't take my kid. And so now your kid's kidnapped. And now you're fighting a whole nother battle to get your kid back in instead of fighting to live and survive and eat. It's like a vicious cycle right now. It's really kind of crazy when you think about it. There was a story this past November in New York City. So there's a lot of people in New York City who live in public housing. They're on food stamps. Yeah. They need all the help they can get. And there's traditions in these in these neighborhoods where nonprofits, charities, churches will come in and give away free Thanksgiving turkeys. Yeah, um, so a lot that, do that. So that families can, can have a Thanksgiving turkey that they might not be able to afford otherwise. So it's like routine. You show up three days before Thanksgiving or a day before Thanksgiving, whatever it is. And you know, you're downstairs at the bottom of your building and there's a truck there and they do this every year. Well, this year there were Americans, African-Americans, Hispanics, white, just Americans living in these buildings who went to show up for their free Turkey to find that the line was already around the building made up exclusively of migrants and that the migrants took all the turkeys. And, and celebrating a holiday that's not even their holiday. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is an article that came out. Fair. It's a it's a conservative immigration group. But low income New Yorkers lose out on Thanksgiving turkeys as migrants gobble them up. Like this is the kind of stuff that will piss people off. Like because for the longest time you think like, oh, this doesn't affect me. As I said, oh, it's a Texas problem. It's an Arizona problem. This doesn't affect me. But when you have people who literally didn't get turkeys for Thanksgiving because right. the migrants got them first, those are the kind of things that can galvanize Democrat voters and start to peel off the Democrat coalition because the Democrat coalition is very loosely made up. The Democrats have convinced a bunch Let's not give it a nice name. It's the regime. Well, well they've, convinced, <laughs> they've convinced a lot of groups of people that voting Democrat is good and voting Republican is bad, right? right? But if you're an African-American, why would you vote for the party that's bringing in illegal aliens who will compete in your communities for low or unskilled jobs, lowering wages, right? It, it, it's against your interests. It's against right. your interests. So you, you start picking apart this and highlighting this. I think, I think you could make serious inroads in the African-American community, even the Hispanic community. Hispanics don't like this. No. <laughs> Hispanics see that it's it's Chinese migrants, I Iranian migrants at the border. They're not for this. No, let me tell you. I talked to um, a friend of mine who, who came here the right way from Mexico. She came here the right way. And I also talked to a friend of mine who came here from Iraq the right way. And he's trying to get his wife here. And he's like, it, people like that, that they both started a business. They, they are successful. They do well here in America because they did the right way. And they say... I had to go through so much to get here to America and they're pissed because that, like even this guy's like my wife's trying to come here. She's trying to do it the right way. And they are just push, not letting her do it the right way. And he's like, and I, I joke, I said, why don't you just, you know, send her to Mexico? And he goes, no, because we do things the right way. So the people yeah. that have come here the right way do walk in honor and have set up the true American dream of what it is. Here's my issues with the Republicans. It's like the Republicans and Democrats right now, in Congress, they need to be pushing harder and they need to be pushing and saying, listen, this is this is against the Constitution. This is a foreign invasion. And they need to like push out those Democrats, even the Republicans that not are not on our side and say enough is enough and really show the American people that they're for us. Because right now, like you're saying, people not getting turkeys and the African-American community or the Hispanic community and even not even only, I mean, there's low income white people too, right? Yeah. American white people and all of these low income that have suffered and have been suffering and are on the brink of homeless or are living in their cars or anything like that. Listen, those are the ones that are going to get pissed off and be like, yeah. listen, I'm, I'm ready to fight because you're now giving them what should be ours here in America. And I shouldn't be suffering when America should not. It's the richest country in the world, yet we're yeah. giving money to Ukraine and all these other, but we're not, no money has stayed here in America. Show me where yeah. they've actually invested in the American people. I can tell yeah. you one. People are waking up. People are waking up. And you have to hope that they'll wake up in time. Um, yeah. Because we, we can't survive much more than much more of this. We certainly can't. Um, no. It's not, it's not a Texas issue. It's an everywhere issue. Um, yeah. Well, we're almost out of time. I want to give you a chance to, uh, to tell people where they can find you. Obviously, you have a book on Amazon. I'll throw that up. Uh, my father's daughter you can check out madison's uh memoir available on amazon where can people find you if they want to watch you consume so your content they can find me on telegram and then lynn i want to address your comment if you send me look at my website right here telegram does delete my followers i swear i do not delete people out of there so go to my website and send me a message 
and let me know what your Telegram name is. And I can like add you into Telegram if you got deleted. So please just send me a message on my website. I have no problem unblocking you. Telegram, I just really get, I got put in Telegram jail. So <laughs> I think it's unheard of yeah. um, to be in Telegram jail. But yes, Telegram, I listen, I want all Facebook, social, Truth Social or Twitter X, I guess it's not X. I keep calling it X. I just want to call it Twitter. Um, so you guys can follow me everywhere. And yes, I do have a book, My Father's Daughter, a memoir of a porn star. And then I am working on my second book is almost done. And I will release that once it is done. And hopefully I don't get censored on that. So, and thanks, Max. I appreciate you um, having me on. And um, Stacey, everyone should love Max because Max is actually a very good friend of mine, him and his wife, Annie. Our kids play. I just love them to death whenever I'm around in town there. So I will only do his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no traps here. No gotchas. Um, no gotcha moment. No, no gotcha moment. I know where well, he lives, so I could go toilet yeah. paper his house. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you so much, Madison. It was great. Uh, we still only scratch the surface on this. Um, yeah it's the more you dig, the more you realize you need to dig even deeper. Um, like I, I put this yeah. up, but like my, my book, if <laughs> this thick, uh, on immigration and I'm already thinking I need to actually add more, like, Get because, his books, guys. I love yeah, them check them out. Links are in the description. Do. Yeah. Um, the, the issue never seems to end and it seems like it's designed to just, literally be a problem that never ends and a generational problem so we got to have these conversations and education is the most important part of all of it because we, we talk about people fighting for their their country fighting back you have to understand what you're fighting back against right and understand how to fight back and what you need to change um so yeah love to have you back on again i don't think this issue is going to go away and uh no. thank you so much for, for stopping by any final words no, hey, I just want to encourage everyone, listen, when this country starts to go to war because it's coming, is that we are not at war with each other. There are other entities here that we're at war with. And so there's going to come a time where you might have to open your door to a fellow American or their children or whatever. Just know that it's time to come together. You know, even though when 9-11 happened, everyone came together. It's that time where we need to come together arm in arm. So anyway, thank you, Max. I love you. Thank you. And tell Annie I love her. And I will, I will talk with you guys later. All right. Thanks, Madison. And that's it for this edition of the podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe. Link in the description. Subscribe, uh, like, comment, share. Um, we go live Monday, Wednesday, Friday on YouTube, Rumble, all those links in the description. We also try and make this as friendly uh, as we can for audio listeners. So make sure you tune in for that as well. Subscribe. Um, help us prove the numbers for advertisers. Really easy. Subscribe to an audio edition. Listen as you're driving to or from work or wherever. Uh, yeah, that's it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country is not over yet. But the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together. See you next time.